I want to get, get in the way today. What am I going to get in the way of? I'm going to get in the way of God today. I'm going to get in God's way. And, and now, go with me here because a lot of you may think, well, how can you get in God's way? God would never want you. You can get in the way of things, and sometimes it's a good thing to get in the way. And so that's what we're doing today. We're reading Luke chapter 19, and a really popular story that we've heard from all of it. Matter of fact, as soon as I was putting something in uh, somewhere, Judah saw it, and he started singing this song that goes along with this uh, about, a, about a little guy in a sycamore tree. And it, and it, says, it says that in verse 1, it says in, in chapter uh, 19, it says 19, yeah, 19, verses 1 through 10, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. All right, so how many of you know that he probably didn't have a lot of friends? You know what I mean? He was a chief tax collector, and that's never a good sign that you have a lot of friends. And wealthy or not, it didn't matter. It says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And I love this story because it's one of the few times that you actually see in Scripture where it talks about somebody's height. And so he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming the way, that way, right? And I love the fact that it's a sycamore tree because it's seek, sycamore. Okay, anyway, so I'm sorry. If you can't ever remember, what are you doing here? I'm sycamore of Jesus. I'm going to sycamore of Jesus. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm sorry. Anybody else want to say this? See, when you read scripture, you got to do this stuff. So in verse 5, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And I'm sure Zacchaeus never thought about this. Zacchaeus didn't even say anything. Zacchaeus just ran up ahead. And as far as we know, he never said a word. But in the process of all these people thronged around Jesus everywhere he went, he actually knew that Zacchaeus was up in that tree. And he looked up, and to Zacchaeus' surprise, he says, I'm coming over today, and we're going to eat together. We're going we're to have fun together. We're going to hang out. And so he came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner? <laughs> right? And why is he a sinner? Because he's taking their money. It doesn't mean that he is a sinner. It just means that they look at him as that. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I, have gave half, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, and I love this, says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You can't seek and save the lost unless you're willing to get dirty, unless you're willing to, to go to the sinner's house. You can't do it. And so and how do we see that there's been change? Because he immediately says, I'm going to give my possessions, half of them to the poor. I'm going to pay back anybody I stole from four times the amount. And so there's an automatic change in him. And I love this story because, but I just want to focus in on that tree, though, for a little while. Can we do that? I want to focus in on the tree because uh, in the Old Testament, though, let's, let's make sure everybody knows this. Or not the Old Testament, the New Testament, when the church in Acts began, one of the things that they called themselves was the way. As a matter of fact, if you read, there's several times it shows up. But one time in particular that I think about a lot is when Saul was on his way to Damascus and he was going to get in the way of the way because the way was the church 
That's kind of what they call themselves. And I guess it goes back to when Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, the life. And so they call themselves the way. I kind of like that myself. I like that because some people are like, well, churches are this. And I want to say, well, we're not a church. We're the way. So, but then they would be like, what's up with that? So, but nonetheless, we'll keep it simple. So I want to get in the way today and I'm going to get in God's way. And so I want you to say this with me today. I'm going to get in your way today, God. Okay, go ahead and say that to him. I'm going to get in your way today, God. It's just like an old sheep standing there. I ain't going to move. I'm just going to stand right here in your way until you do something. You're going to have to touch me because you're going to have to move me to get me out of your way. So, and I'm good with that. See, here's the thing is, I've been off course numerous times in my life. I've went down the wrong road sometimes. I made the wrong uh, turn sometimes. I got into trouble sometimes, which isn't always bad. I took a detour sometimes, but now I've come to my senses, and, and, and I think all of us probably have in here, and I want, I want to say to him, I want you to lead me and I want you to guide me. I'm trying to find my way, and that's what I'm doing. And so I started... To realize, though, the other day, as I was reading through, I got stuck in several places in the New Testament, and I started thinking about this. I said, you know, the people that got healed by Jesus were all people that just kind of got in his way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. I just got, jotted down a few of them to, to let you know. The woman with the issue of blood. Think about it. If she'd have been one block over, she'd have been dead. And think about this. If she hadn't have got in his way, she would have never been healed. But she chose to go a block over and press in and get, not just get in the way of Jesus, but she got in the way of others because I don't know for sure, but I think that people were probably tripping up because of her pressing in. But that's just one of them. I mean, think about, what about blind Bartimaeus? Who, he would have died a blind man if he wouldn't have been in the wrong, if he'd have been in the wrong alley that day. But he was in the right alley, and he got in the way, and he got healed. But he got his sight back. And so what about, there's another story about ten lepers that we're going to go into more next week even. And they would have all died of leprosy if they had not gotten in the way. But they got in the way. Think about all the people in the uh, New Testament, in the gospel, that got in the way, if, you, if you'll just go with me for a second, because they would have never been healed. Their life would have never been changed if they hadn't gotten in the way. You know, sometimes we say, I'm going to wait on God. You know what? You know what I'm thinking more now? You know, I ain't waiting on God. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to run to him. I'm going to get in his way. I'm going to force God to pay attention to me like that's hard. You know, but I want you to see that sometimes we're too lackadaisical. Sometimes we're a little too lazy spiritually. So Zacchaeus, what he did is he was back here going, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I'm seeing. I don't know about y'all, but he was really excited. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have a posse. If he is on Facebook, he didn't have hardly any friends. And if he friended anybody, somebody would have been like, ugh. I ain't friend. That must be some mistake. I don't know what that is because I don't want to be friends with that guy, right? So here he is behind all the crowd because nobody welcomes him in. They're flocking in to see. And here's this little guy jumping to see, and he can't see. But he looks down here, and he sees this tree. And this tree's been around for a long time. And he runs ahead of the crowd and gets up in that tree and climbs it. And that's so cool because I want you to think about it. When's the last time as an adult that you climbed a tree? Because most of us as adults look at it and say, well, that's a hospital visit, <laughs> right? 
That's an ER visit. That's two weeks off work, possibly more. That means that the bills are not going to get paid. That means, shoes, nah, it ain't worth it, right? It's just the same thing that I do whenever I see a carnival that pops up somewhere. I seen one in Charleston a few months ago, and I was like, look at that. I said, that's cool, all the lights and everything. But they take that up and they put it down. And they take it up, they put it up and they take it down, they put it up, take it down, and they do it every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And I just think that after a while of taking those things down and putting them up, that those little screws and bolts and everything, they wear out. Any adults like that? Now, kids, as a kid, I'm like, I don't care. As an adult, though, I'm like, hey, hold on a second. And see, what's amazing to me is this is an adult man who's running ahead to climb a tree, and nobody ever gave it a thought to climb a tree to get up in there to see Jesus. But Zacchaeus did because he was so curious. He was, I think Zacchaeus was ready for a change in his life. So Zacchaeus ran down the road. You see, here's the thing is, but when you're short, God will always lead you. When you're short, God will always lead you. Always. And so that's why I said this morning, you've got to thank God for when you're short. Because it's where the areas where you're short is where you will see his provision and you will see him lead you. So I think that's interesting because a lot of us would probably think, oh, there's an area that I'm short. It could be that your most talented thing that you've got, the most gifted thing that you've got, that you possess, is in the midst of somewhere where you're short. And God has allowed that area of shortness in your life so that you will pursue something that he's already put inside of you that actually will be the greatest provision that you've ever seen. But anyway, I don't know if everybody gets that or not. So Zacchaeus ran down the road. Has anyone in here ever come up short? I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I, I come up short. I mean, I do a lot. And so, um, but I think we live in a world where we don't want to express it because we're afraid people aren't going to think we're perfect. And what I love is when I share something on social media and I shared something about us doing some of this work out here this week and there were all kinds of professionals who came on social media and told me what we did wrong. Like, I give a crap. That's a holy word, okay? It should be in the Bible. I give a crap. I didn't put it on there so you do that. I put it on there because it might inspire somebody else to do it a way that will save them money. That's why I did it. It wasn't for the critics. But here's the thing is when you do something, you're going to get critics. Let me ask you, does anybody do it exactly right? Does everybody do it exactly the same? No. So you shouldn't be scared to share what it is that God's doing or what you've even done that you can glorify God with, right, because it's somebody else. And, I mean, there's, there's things like F-bombs and GD and the church is the most overrated organization and the church, these 501c3s, yeah, take all your non-tax money and do all this stuff. I couldn't believe how many comments I got about that. Listen, people in this world don't understand where this country and every community would be without the local church. And I mean, you, and I think, oh, they think it's going to, you know, let's remedy it. Well, let's let the church pay taxes. And I don't, I don't want to get off on political rant, but here's the thing is if the church pays taxes, that means that the church can't do uh, for the community what it's been doing because they're going to be giving it to the government. And we all know that the government's going to do what's right with their money. <laughs> That's not in the Bible. Uh, but, <clears throat> but anyway, here's the thing. I want you to skip back to this because I don't want to get off on a rant. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor right there, I've been coming up short. Go ahead, tell him. If you've got to turn around and look at somebody, I want everybody to participate. All right, to look at your neighbor. 
look behind you, look in front of you, whatever. I've been coming up short. But I see a tree. Come on, you hear me? I've been coming up short. But I see a tree. You see, that short area in my life, it ain't going to stop me. Yeah, everybody else is taller. Everybody else is standing bigger. Everybody else is seeing Jesus and everything else. And I can't see him. I know he's there. But I, coming up short, but bless the Lord, I see a tree right there. And you know what I'm going to do? Because there ain't nobody in that tree because nobody's thinking like that. Because when you're coming up short, the other people around you aren't. They're not looking at the tree because they already got what they want. But when you come up short is when you dream. When you come up short is when you get a vision. When you come up short is when you begin to pray harder. When you come up short is when you begin to fast. When you come up, come on. And so I may come up short, but I'm thankful for coming up short because I see a tree that nobody else is messing with. And so I may be short, but I'm going to climb my way to get in the way. See, I'm short, but I'm climbing. And you, know, and, you know, there's no better person to climb than a short person, probably, because he was probably, I don't know what he looked like, but here's the thing is, I might be broke, but I'm climbing, because it doesn't mean I'm going to stay broke. It doesn't mean I'm always going to be in poverty. I might live in poverty, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stay there. I'm going to climb my way out of there. Amen. You know, so I'm, I might be depressed, but I'm climbing. It's a battle. Yes, it's a battle. It's a fight. And I've I got anxiety. But you know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep digging. I'm worried, but I'm climbing. I've been down, but bless the Lord, I'm climbing because I see a tree. So the danger, though, is when I quit climbing. The danger is, and that we wouldn't even know about this story, had Zacchaeus walked up to the crowd and went, hmm, too short. But that's what a lot of us do. We look and say, hmm, not good enough, hmm, don't have the money, hmm, don't have the resources, hmm, not good enough, hmm, not smart enough, hmm, not visionary with me. And we go, I'll take my ball and go back home. You know? And that's what we need to, we need to look and say, you know what? I'm too short. Everybody around me is better than me. But there's got to be something. And I see a tree right there. And I'm going to, and I don't know, it could have been that way. I don't know, I have no clue. I'm right-handed, so I'm going to go that way every time. <laughs> left-handers are going to go a different way. All you left-handers are going to go with me today because you're going that way too. So anyway, so if you don't get that. So Zacchaeus could have easily just said, I'm too short, and went home. But what about the tree? See, last week, remember, if you were here last week, we talked about a tree. We talked about that tree that when Moses... They come up on that bitter water, and, and, and he prayed and said, God, clean this water up. And God said, okay, here's a tree, because that makes total sense. But what they do, they threw that tree in the water, and it, it actually made it sweet. And so here we are this week, and there's a guy, and he's looking for a way, and there's a tree standing there. And it's interesting, all the places that trees show up, I didn't necessarily mean to do this. I didn't plan it out. It's totally a God thing. Then. Did that tree, I want you to think about it, did that tree just magically appear? Or did God have this in mind years before it actually happened? Oh, man, come on. Mmm. Do you think when God had that seed planted right there in that spot that he said, one day, (laughs) one day, (laughs) this is so good, one day, there's going to be this little short, hated fella. He's going to be the least likeliest of people 
that would ever do such a thing. And I'm going to give him the opportunity. You see, God's not going to force us, but he's going to put the resource there for us. And if Zacchaeus hadn't have ran toward the resources, he would have went back home and pouted and been in his victim mentality instead of running to the resource that God had actually provided before his mom and daddy even got together. Shut up. I mean, come on. I mean, listen, 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 listen. That tree was growing before Zacchaeus was even born, most likely. And so if you think today that God isn't ahead of you, you are totally out of your mind. God has seen your need before you were even born because it's in your need that you will see what a great provider that he is. And so here's Zacchaeus, and he looks, and he didn't go, oh, look at that tree that God has provided for me to climb up into. I should shout his holy name. I should speak in tongues right here on this tree limb. No, he was just like, there's a tree. And we do the same thing, right? We're like, oh, look, there's a tree. I'm going to climb that tree. And so God had provided because he, he didn't even see it. So I believe that God did that. So now God provided what Zacchaeus didn't even know he needed because he wasn't even born when God provided it. I'm sure it did some other things too. I'm sure it provided shade. But I believe that it excited God when that seed went in the ground because he knew one day that somebody would have a choice between going back home and going toward the resource. And here is Zacchaeus. But see, his lack met up with God's provision. Ooh, that's some dangerous stuff right there. You see, it's, it's not when we are good when we're praying for God's provision. If you paid all your bills this month, you had money left over, chances are good you didn't pray for God's provision. But how many of you ever been without? And you found yourself praying a lot for God's provision. You learned a lot about Jehovah Jireh. You learned a lot about God, my provider. You learned a lot. You even probably sang the song. You know, right? That's an old school song. And that old, this old girl in our church back years ago when Amanda and I first got together, Tammy Long, she'd get up. I think it's the only song that woman could sing. She would sing, Je it was true. She'd sing it to a track, Jehovah Jireh, them old purple cassette. Anybody? I don't know if anybody's. Is that Maranatha? Is that Maranatha? I think it was Maranatha. Anyway, I don't know. But nonetheless, she would do it, and it was so good. But here's the thing is, we may get down and depressed about our lack, but when you read the gospel, you see that the people were lacking were the people that Jesus actually healed. The people that were lacking were the people getting in his way because the people that weren't lacking were not pursuing him like the people that were. I don't ever want to not lack. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to always have areas of my life where I'm lacking. And here's the thing that I figured out after 47 years. I don't have to worry about that because <laughs> I'm always going to be lacking somewhere. So, Eddie Murphy said something. He's a hilarious guy. My mom used to let me watch his stand-up comedy stuff back in the 80s, and I wonder, what in the world was she thinking? <laughs> I quote some things, and Amanda's like, well, I'd like to watch this. A few years ago, I went on YouTube, found some of, don't, I don't even want to quote what it is because they're so bad. And I said, oh, you don't want to watch that. But I found some, and she listened to maybe three minutes, and she said, oh, my gosh. She said, your mom let you watch that? I said, yeah, isn't she crazy? She's nuts for letting me listen to that stuff. But he was funny. But here's the thing that he said sometime back, about a year ago, I heard him say this. He said, there is no more of a creative person that you'll find in the world than a poor person. And here's the thing, a lot of times poor folks, financially, physically, I mean, whatever way, poor, we won't move on something because we're not bold because we've not had any success at anything, right? 
That doesn't mean that we're not going to. But I guarantee you, when you don't have, James Brunson's a good example of this. James, not that he's poor. I'm just saying, James tells me story after story about things that they would do building houses. And you would come up with solutions to do things that when you didn't have a tool. So you come up with things. He even told me the other day, I might, I might get you in trouble for this one. I don't know. But um, I don't think so. That when they would go to, to, to put a hole through the roof, the ceiling and the roof, for the, uh, for the exhaust where the uh, microwave stove is at, that they would use a 22 and shoot a hole. <laughs> I said, what? He said, yeah, I swear. <laughs> and I said, man, oh mercy, I want to be there when y'all build them houses, man. <laughs> how are we going to do this? I don't know. We don't have a tool. I got a 22 in the truck. Okay, go get it. I mean, that's how that went down. Something like that probably, right? What shot a straighter hole? I mean, you know, I mean, that's a straight hole. There's no doubt. So uh, I thought that was really funny. How many of you ever come up with a solution when you didn't have what it was that you needed? Right? You come up with a solution. Would you have come up with that solution if you had not been encountered with an opportunity in your life where you needed whatever it was, a provision? You know? And so I love that. My grandpa was a good example of that invented all sorts of things and never got anything patented he said i just invented it so that because i needed it at the time and i didn't have anything and i couldn't go down to lowe's because at the time lowe's didn't exist i couldn't go down to these places so he fabricated things in his own basement it's because he knew that there was a way to do this better and he would create these things i said man you should get some of these patented and sell it you'd be a millionaire he said i don't care about being a millionaire i do You may not, but I do. And so, but nonetheless, he didn't. So I want you to think about it. Think that God would love me enough to plant me a tree. Listen to me this morning. That God would love you enough to plant you a tree years ahead and that you didn't even know you needed. I mean, this was before Zacchaeus became a tax collector. This is before Zacchaeus went through school and went to college or whatever it was that he did that that tree was out there growing, that kids had went by it and people had hit it and people had carved their initials in it and done all these things and God would not let anything stop that. No hurricane, no tornadoes, no anything would ever tear that tree down because that tree was a provision for a little man who needed it. I tell you, man, as soon as we stop trying to impress people with what we do and have and humble down ourselves and admit that we don't have and we come up short, we're not going to find our tree. So you can't find your tree when you're caught up in yourself. Here's the thing that I figured out. You think about yourself enough, you get drunk on yourself. And, and, and it's good to be humble. And you have to be humble enough to admit, I'm short. I'm, I'm anointed, but I'm short. Okay? It's not that I'm trying to put myself down. It's just saying, you know what, I know I've got an anointing on my life, but I'm still short. And I'm fine, but I'm still a little short. Right? I'm gifted. Okay? And everybody in here can say, I'm gifted, but I'm still short. You know, he's climbed up a tree so he could see, and you're not going to get a vision on the level that you're on and keep doing the things the same way as you've been doing them. You've got to get up a tree to catch a new vision because Zacchaeus' perspective of Jesus was completely different than everybody else. And as far as we know in Scripture, the only person to ever see Jesus from this angle was Zacchaeus. Think about it. I mean, how many of us have seen Jesus looking down at him and him looking up at us. I mean, think about this whole perspective of things. I mean, it's just amazing to think about. And so he's climbed up this tree so he could see, 
And you're not going to get that vision at the level you're at. So how do I do that? How do I increase my vision? How do I do that? Well, number one, I get in the way of God. I get in his way. And it's not that I get in his way to stop him. It's that I run up ahead to get in his way so that I can see him, so that I can be a part of what he's doing. And so number one, I get in the word. I seek the presence of God. Number two, and there's no way you can get in the presence of God and not have your vision raised. There's no way. You know, we started this week, this, this past week, this Wednesday, with doing a, a several-week teaching here with, with Charlie. It's been so good. about it's, it's good stuff, isn't it? Anybody's heard? I've heard it back from several people, and it's going to get even better in the presence of God because there's no way that you can get in the presence of God and not be different when you come out. Your vision goes through the roof when you get in the presence of God. It just absolutely does. And so I love this. So I get in the Word. I seek His presence because I'm changed in His presence. My vision has changed. And here's another thing that I figured out you do. You connect with others that are doing it. John F. Kennedy said this. He said, a rising tide lifts all the boats. And he was talking about the economy, that when something's rising, then all the boats in the harbor is going to rise with it because the tide will come up. And when the tide comes up, everything in the harbor comes up. It don't have a choice. All the docks that are built, they're floating docks, right? They come up with it, the, and then they go down, they go up. Everything goes together. Here's the thing is, I looked that word up, economy, and I've <clears throat> studied a lot. I've got, a, I've got a, a degree in human resources management. I've got a master's in business. So I, I've studied a lot about the economy. But I was like, you know what? I want to know what the definition of the economy. I think I understand what it is, but the definition of it is the large set of interrelated production and consumption activities that aid in determining how scarce resources are allocated. Let me say that again. It's the large set of interrelated production and consumption. So somebody's producing, somebody's consuming, right? And then we get into exports and imports and all that stuff and all these various things, that activities, and they aid in determining how scarce or how, how uh, abundant resources are Right? So when we have issues with, it makes it simple, when we have issues with gas where there's a war, where there's some kind of line that's cut, what happens to our gas prices? What? Right? Because the resources are coming down, so the prices go up. All that's basic economy stuff. But here's why I'm sharing this, because I believe that the church, that there is a spiritual economy that goes on as well. And that's what we don't see. And I have numerous people every week, every single week, somebody between in person or social media tells me, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't, but you took yourself out of the economy. That's what you're doing. Because we have interrelated parts that are working together. There's those that are producing and those that are consuming. In the next season, it'll be the ones that are consuming or producing, and the ones that are producing may be consuming because they're in the new season now. And so we have a spiritual economy. The church has an economy. And when I say that I can do it on my own, I remove myself from the ability to buy and trade and sell with other believers, spiritually speaking. You have a gift. I don't have that gift. If I remove myself from the body, then I don't have access to that economy. You understand? You have the, uh, a gift of prayer. Well, it don't matter because I don't because I'm over here lone ranger in it. You understand? So you have talents. I mean, I see it over. I mean, it's amazing how much talent that we have in this church. And I see it coming out through things that we do. And I'm like, wow. And if we didn't connect to the body, then we wouldn't be able to access those things. We're producing and we're consuming from each other, and that's how it's supposed to work. But that's the spiritual economy. It's a trading of resources spiritually. 
You have a gift, I have a gift. We share it with each other. We benefit from each other. And you have encouragement, you share it. We, I share it. You have joy, I share it. You share it. I have happiness. I've got love, I share Love ain't no good when I'm over here by myself in my closet. It don't do anybody any good. It don't change any lives. It don't, none of those things, nothing. And here's the thing is I'm scared to come out of my closet because I'm scared that people are going to find out that I'm screwed up. It don't matter. It don't matter. You know, Zacchaeus was messed up. People hated him. He said, look, he, Jesus is going to have hot dogs with that sinner. That's messed up. You know, you've got wisdom. I need your wisdom. I need that. And you need my whatever it is. Being around vision, though, increases vision. So we don't run out of vision. Nobody ever says, God, I ran out of vision. Right? Amanda's getting ready to go to a thing this coming week in Utah. She's going to be surrounded by all these leaders in the business. And it's going to be nothing but vision, 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 vision. So when she comes home, she's never like, I'm so sad. I'm so down. I just stayed in my room because I don't want to be a part of that. Because I don't have to be in that to be in business. You understand? She flew all the way to Utah just to sit in the hotel room and watch Oprah Winfrey. No. She gets together with hundreds of people that are like-minded and the vision and these leaders and they get up and they share their stories about all these things and they're sharing ideas and visions and everything else and she comes home and she's got 16 notebooks and they're full of stuff. She's like, look! Because she got around people that have vision, her vision increased. And it changes your life, changes everything, changes the finance, changes the physical thing, changes everything. So here's the thing is, it's the power of connecting with each other, with his word and with God's presence. So I can no longer use my shortness as an excuse because God has provided a tree to make up the difference between my limitations and my opportunities. See, oh yeah, yeah listen, somebody ought to just, I, I know you, you got a record here, but I got a tree. I know you got a record. I was sharing this, and Jeremy has shared this with our church before. Jeremy comes to second service. Jeremy's got a record, felony record, and everything else, and he don't care to share it because he shared it with everybody here. Somebody had this job opening that they were t- sharing with me the other day, and I said, how much does it pay? He said, $31 an hour to start with, and I said, I know a guy. And I, he didn't tell me. I just said, man, I know a guy. And I said, he's standing right over there. And I went and got Jeremy. I said, hey, are you looking for a job? Not really. And the guy said, well, it's $31 an hour starting out. He said, yeah, I'm looking for a job. I am now. But one of the things I told the guy, I said, listen, he's got a record. He said, that don't matter. I said, good Lord have mercy. Come on. Come on. And I don't know whatever happened after that because that's all I can do. I can't do anything else. Here's the thing, though. See, it don't matter. I know you got a record, but I got a tree. All right? And, and I, know you, I know you made some mistakes. I still got a tree. And I know you had a, a baby out of wedlock. But I got a tree. I know you've been persecuted, but I got a tree, right? I know you was on drugs. I got a tree. I don't care. So look here, look here, look here. He positioned himself, and here comes Jesus, and Jesus comes to Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus didn't come to Jesus. Jesus, Zacchaeus ran ahead to get up in the tree, and Jesus came to Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus, woohoo. I see you up there, Zacchaeus. Come on, Z. Right? Come on, Zach. Get down out of that tree. Come on. Me and you got to go to your house and have dinner together. 
Can you imagine how, I mean, he probably peed on himself. I mean, I'm not joking. I want to, I if, if Jesus looked at you and said, I want to go to your house, I'd say, I should have cleaned house before. <laughs> right? But here's what I want to encourage you with as a close. Don't let God look up and you not be there. Don't let God look up and you not be there because that's what brought about the curse. Because Adam, he looked at him. He, he, when God came down to walk with Adam like he did, he said, Adam, where are you at? You see, Adam started this mess. God came looking for Adam, and Adam was hiding. It's not like God didn't know where he was at. But Jesus came looking for Zacchaeus, and guess what he looked up and found? Do you think that the Word of God walking in the flesh named Jesus knew that there was a tree? And I wonder how many times that Jesus passed by that tree and thought to himself, one day... I've got a divine appointment at that tree. It's not yet. It's in my Father's time. But one day, there's going to be somebody up that tree, and we're going to have dinner together. And his life is going to be changed because he didn't go back home. He chose to go to where the resource was. I'm going to encourage you today, man. I don't care how short you are on something in your life. Thank God for it. And allow him to work through that place of shortness, to take you to his resource because in those areas his arm goes a little longer than what it did before you know we said we've seen God's arm this long we said there's no way God's arm can get longer and then all of a sudden God's arm stretches out another foot or two you're like holy cow I didn't know it could get that long so I want to pray for you today because I think that there's others that are probably in here like me that uh, you want to get in the way of God today who's with me anybody want to get in the way Stand with me today. God, we thank you for the provision and the place where we have no, I mean, we, we may even have a lack of vision there. But God, I also believe that sometimes the place that we have the most vision is the place where we lack the most. I can speak from personal experience that the places that we didn't have years ago, we have now, but the only reason we have now is because, God, you put it in us, this vision. And so, God, it's so true that your word says that my people perish for lack of vision. God, we're in this place today, God, and I believe I'm surrounded by some visionary people, people that have overcome some junk, people that are overcoming some junk, people that that have succeeded and people that have failed, people that have come up short, people that have had plenty. There's all sorts in this place today, and I thank you for being surrounded with all these types of people because God together we encourage each other in our joy we encourage each other in our in our wisdom we encourage each other in our talents and our gifts we encourage each other in our stories and our testimonies and your word says that God it's over can we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony thank you God for surrounding me with visionary people people that make me work harder people that make me have a stronger vision people that make me uncomfortable even God thank you because God I don't want to get comfortable for one second God you didn't put us here in this place so that we can live in comfort God you put us in this place I believe to be in a constant state of uncomfortableness so that we're constantly reaching and pushing and getting more and more and more of you 
that we can and sharing it and sharing it and sharing it with others. God, in this place, in this world, God, we thank you today for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for the tree that you've planted ahead of us so that we can run to it, God. And I'm going to run to it. I'm not going to run back home anymore. I'm not going to be a victim anymore, God. I've got the excuses, but God, I, I don't, I don't want to use them anymore. I'm going to run to the tree today. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.